Hey everyone, welcome to City Church OTR's Sermons Podcast. Here you will find all of the sermons and teachings that are given at our Sunday services. We also have our original City Church OTR podcast, which has more conversations, interviews, and more interactive content. As always, we would love to meet you. Check out our Instagram to see what we're doing this week and our website, citychurchotr.com, to meet one of our pastors. Enjoy. Again, my name is Tyler. I am the other co-pastor here, and I am thrilled that you made the decision to be here this morning, be it in person or online. It is so good to see you all on this very first Sunday of a brand new year. And if you ask me, you made an incredibly wise decision, uh, one that we trust you will not regret. As far as I'm concerned, uh, you are getting 2021 started on the right foot. Uh, You are prioritizing your spiritual life. So just look at you go, and you all look great. You look a little rested. I know that I might look just a little larger. I've been digging into the peanut butter fudge. Thank you, Sue, Uh, some other folks. But uh, I am excited for this new year, and this is one of my favorite times of year, and this is what I love most about any new year. It's that we have an opportunity for a clean slate. Uh, We have a fresh start. We have a chance to do things differently, to break some old habits, and to start some new habits, to think about what did work last year and about what didn't. And that's why, as a church, we're beginning 2021 with a four-week series anchored in the Bible's wisdom literature. We want to think about how to start 2021 wisely. And you should know this about me, I love wisdom. I like love the wisdom literature. I love proverbs, I love sayings, I love mentors, I love heroes. I love learning from others and being encouraged towards making better decisions. Now it doesn't mean I always make better decisions or that I make the wise choice. Let me be the first to tell you I am far from perfect by it. I at least wanna know what wise people would do if they were me if they were faced with the decisions that I have to make, if they were standing in my shoes. And I wonder, hey, what about you? Are you someone who loves wisdom? You want good input? You want to hear what people who are a little further along in life would say to you, what input they might have for you? Are you someone who loves wisdom? You're always seeking out guidance. You're on the, on the look, on the prowl for some good advice. Or is it something that's kind of off your radar? Uh, It's something that's maybe for lame people, something like nerds and accountants do, uh, but not something that you do, right? It's not for you, at least it hasn't been in the past. I want to tell you this, I have two big goals this morning, two goals, and they're ambitious. The first is this, as we begin this new series together, I want to take a little time to do my very best to convince you that wisdom is worth it, that wisdom is worth pursuing before you make the call, Before you take the job, before you press send on the text, before you speak out, I want to make the case that wisdom is worth pursuing. And then I want us to think together a little bit about how we use our time, right? Our time, because time is limited and it is possible to waste it. So I have two goals today. I want to say wisdom is worth pursuing. How do we think about our time? Uh, And because it's got two goals, it means there's a lot to do, so we need to dive right in. So if you have a Bible with you, Will you join me in the book of Proverbs in chapter 8? Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs, it's one of the Bible's wisdom books. 
Uh, it's right there alongside Job and Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs. Those are the five Old Testament books that are called the wisdom literature. And today we're starting in Proverbs in chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. And let me read it for you. There the text says, Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries aloud. Now let's pause there for a moment. In the opening verses of Proverbs chapter 8, the author presents wisdom as speaking clearly and openly. He describes her as raising her voice in a public space. Now I want to try to paint this picture for you. So uh, does, anyone, does anyone know what these are? Do you know what these are? Can you guys see? Yeah, these are AirPods. These are not my AirPods. Uh, I left my AirPods at home today, even knowing that I wanted to use them today. I left them at home. These are Sam's AirPods. Uh, are they clean? Can I put them in? No, uh, no, so these are Sam's AirPods. Do you guys love AirPods? Do you have these? I love my AirPods, friends. They have changed my life. I spend so much time on the phone. They're in constantly. And recently, uh, and Sam, not to dog in here, but recently I upgraded to the memory foam tips. I don't know if these ever slide out of your ears, but the new tips, I mean, they're in there. I can shake my head. They're in firmly. I absolutely love my AirPods. And not too long ago, I was at the grocery store, and I'm like on the phone, you know, I'm walking through the grocery store, I'm picking up just a few items, uh, and I'm chatting away when suddenly a lady hops in front of my cart, and she like waves me down, and I pull out an AirPod just in time to hear her say, gosh, could you just shut up? We can all hear you talking. Do you guys get it? Um, so the point was this. I realized all of a sudden that with my pods in, the, like the whole store had become an audience to my phone conversation. And I had no idea. I was speaking loudly in a public place and I didn't even know it. And I think that something similar is happening here in Proverbs 8. The author insists that wisdom is speaking loudly and plainly, that she's entered a public place and has raised her voice, all in an attempt to make clear the goodness of her instruction. She's shouting her message for all to hear, and here's what wisdom's saying. She's saying, to you, O people, I call out, I raise my voice to all humankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So wisdom gets in the middle of everything and everyone. She goes to where people are gathering and she just starts shouting out. She says, listen up, you all need to hear this. My instruction is more precious than silver. My knowledge is better than gold. My guidance more precious and valuable than rubies. Listen up, tune into my voice. You need to hear and embrace my instruction. Wisdom says I'm worth listening to. I'm worth embracing. And friends, as we begin 2021, as we step into this new year, as we think about the things we'd love to do differently and do better in the weeks and months to come, I'm convinced we need to hear 
wisdom's message. We need to hear her speak directly to us because wisdom will tell us, hey, I know I might not seem as appealing as that car you can't afford. And I know I might not seem as satisfying as that relationship that you love until you don't, but then you do again, but then you realize it's bad for both of you. I know I might seem, not seem as exciting as living young, wild, and free. I might not seem as safe and secure as hoarding cash and battening down the hatches and withdrawing from the neighborhood, avoiding generosity. I know I might not seem as liberating as backing out of that difficult commitment. I know I might not seem as restful as kicking back, unplugging and avoiding anything that's costly, any activity that requires real work or real patience or real care. Wisdom says, I know I might not seem like the path to a healthy and a whole life, but my fruit is better than fine gold. What I have to say is more valuable than silver. I will take you where you want to go. I know the way to use the limited time that you have best. But how wisdom, like how do you know what's best? Well, wisdom gives us an answer. Look at me with, uh, look with me at Proverbs 8, verse 22. There wisdom says, the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. Before his deeds of old, I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be, when there was no watery depths, I was given birth, when there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon of the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in the whole world and delighting in mankind. Wisdom says she's more valuable than fine silver and gold. And what makes her so valuable? In Proverbs 8, 22 through 31, it becomes clear. Wisdom is worth our attention because wisdom is God's oldest friend, right? Wisdom is worth our attention because wisdom is God's oldest friend. As the author of Proverbs personifies wisdom to help us understand who wisdom is and why she's worthy of our attention, the author paints us a picture of wisdom being with God in creation, of wisdom sitting next to God as he made the earth and filled it. This means that wisdom is aware of our world as it's supposed to be. That wisdom was present with God as he made the world. In other words, our world was made with a design and wisdom knows it. And this is what enables wisdom to help us walk with the grain of creation, right? Wisdom helps us to live with the grain of creation instead of against the grain, with the grain instead of against it. You know, any good woodworker will tell you that if you try to like cut a piece of wood, cut a board against the grain, your blade's gonna tear out little bits of wood. And when it's finished, the cut won't be smooth. It won't look beautiful at all. But if you cut with the grain of the wood, if the grain is straight and you cut along it, the cut is smooth and the final outcome is beautiful. And wisdom says, I know the grain of creation I know the patterns of this world. I know how God made the world to be. So I'm worth listening to. I help you cut with the grain. I lead you into life-giving paths. Wisdom says, I know the way to life without regret because I know how life was made to be lived. So hear what I have to say 
and do it. I mean, this is why we're spending our first four weeks of this new year in the wisdom literature, because at this church, we value God's design. We recognize that humans flourish when they live with the grain of creation, when we live life how it was made to be lived. And so we're taking time now, today, and through the next four weeks to consider how we might live more wisely in 2021. Starting today and for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about four specific areas where we could all use a little more wisdom. And the first of those conversations is going to start right now. So goal one, accomplished. Maybe. You tell me if you're convinced wisdom is worth it. But goal one for me is done. Goal two, time, starting now. And this feels about as good a time as any to tell you about something that I realized over Christmas. You know what I realized over Christmas? I was at home. Uh, I was telling some of you earlier, we love to watch a lot of like shoot 'em up movies as a family. It's just one of our things. So we got to see what the Equalizer, Equalizer 2, Denzel's Wrath. Uh, it was so, that's not the subtitle, but it was a blast. So I'm at home, I'm resting, I'm in that happy place. But one of the things I realized when we were at home is that my desires, and maybe you're like this too, my desires are endless. Like as I was seeing what other folks were getting for Christmas, as I'm getting hit with all those targeted Instagram ads, how do they know exactly what I want? But when I'm seeing all that's out there in the world, I realize, gosh, my, my desires are endless. They are unlimited. I was reminded of that. My desires, unlimited. And maybe you're there too. I mean, what you'd like to do, what you'd like to see, what you'd like to experience, it expands by the day with each new ad showing us what we don't have with each new photo posted by a friend that makes us aware of some new food we haven't tried, right? Some new gadget we don't own, some piece of clothing that we haven't worn. Our desires, they grow and they grow. They are unlimited. Our desires, my desires, maybe your desires, they are unlimited, but our time, our time is limited. Our time is limited. This is why philosophers say that time measures priority. That time measures priority because our desires are many, but our time is limited. And so they say the way that we use our time and fill our weeks and months, it actually indicates what we value most because our desires are unlimited, but our time is limited and it's ticking away. It's the scarcest of all human resources and it can't be saved or stored. You can't buy more of it. Our time is limited. And some people seek to ignore this reality Others try to deny it, but those who are wise, those who embrace this wisdom that we've been talking about, those who recognize that our lives have a God-given span and recognize that our time is limited, they live differently, and they think differently, and they pray differently. And one of those people was a man named Moses, and in Psalm 90, Moses pours out his heart towards God, and he lets us hear a prayer that's motivated by his recognition that time is limited. And I love this prayer. You can find it for yourself in Psalm 90. There, Moses says, before the mountains were born, where you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow for they quickly pass and we fly away. Moses says, hey, our time, it's limited. It's going to one day come to an end. But then he makes a request. 
then he asks God for help. Then Moses does what we so often neglect to do. In Psalm 90, verse 12, Moses prays, teach us, O Lord, to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Right? Teach us, Lord, to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Moses knows that a proper recognition of the limited nature of our time helps us make wise choices. And I think it's because Moses recognizes that to live wisely, one must first know that time is limited, that our lives have a span, that there are rhythms to time that we cannot outpace or outmaneuver. I think it's why the writer of Ecclesiastes puts it this way and says in chapter 3, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, time to dance, maybe Thursday night, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. This is a prophecy for COVID. Uh, gosh, guys, I'm so funny this morning. No, uh, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Moses says our lives have a span and the writer of Ecclesiastes says that within that span, there are specific moments, there are specific rhythms that are best suited to specific seasons of life. And by properly ordering our days, we're told, we might gain a heart of wisdom. So in these moments that we still have together, I want to ask you to think a little bit about your time. And I want to think a little bit about my time. And I want us to consider two things, just two things about our time. First, I want us to think about the pace at which we live our lives, our pace. What's the tempo? What's the pace of your life? I mean, are you moving at 100 miles an hour or 10 miles per hour? What's your pace? And here's the bigger question. And is it the right pace for this season of life that you're in? What is the pace of your life and is it the right pace for the season of life that you in? Are you trying to do too much? Or are you trying to get away with doing too little? Are you being diligent and proactive in tending to your responsibilities? Uh, or are you bogged down with way too many commitments? Do you have a cluttered calendar? Are you always running late? Or does a month fly by without you having much to show for it? at all. What is your pace? And is it the right pace for the current season of your life? And here's something I want you to think about. When Jesus was on earth, his pace varied. I mean, there were times when he was intensely engaged in ministering to others and teaching, and he's traveling all over the Mediterranean area, right? I mean, there were times when Jesus had an intense pace, and then there were times when he withdrew. There were times when he rested, there were times that he got away from everyone to spend some time with his heavenly father, and there were times when he had dinner with some of his closest friends. I mean, Jesus' pace varied, 
depending upon his responsibilities at the moment, depending on the season that he was in. But what about yours? You know, what about your pace right now? What do you need to adjust about the pace at which you've been living? And do you need to step on the gas a little bit or do you need to pump the brakes? I think that's a great question to be asking now and this week. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you uh, would speak now to everyone in this room and help make it clear. What about your pace, your pace, your pace? I mean, that's one thing we need to consider when it comes to our time, pace. Uh, and the second is this, what about your priorities? And remember, the philosophers say that time measures priority, that it's the scarcest of all human resources and that it is ticking, 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 ticking away. I mean, so how are you spending your time and does it align with what you want to prioritize in your life? Maybe another way to think about it. Uh, are you giving too much of your time to Netflix and not enough to your neighbor? Are you giving too little time to prayer or not enough time to sleep? I mean, think about how you spend your time and are you happy about what it says about your priorities? Think about just a week, what happens in a typical week. And when you plot all those things out, are you happy with what it says about what folks might say you value most in life? And if not, what do you need to adjust to make the most important things in your heart, the most important things on your schedule? Right, if it feels like there's a mismatch, what do you need to adjust to make the most important things in your heart, the most important things on your schedule? And friends, pace and priority, Pace and priority, these are the, the levers that we pull to use our time wisely. These are the knobs we adjust and tune to fit the particular season of life that we're in. They help us respect the most limited resource we have, the greatest gift that God's given us, our time. And they help us to use it and spend it wisely because our lives have a span and our time is limited. So considering your current season of life, uh, what pace is wise? And what priorities should exist as it relates to your time? Now, friends, those are very, very big questions. And if right now you feel a little heavy or you feel like there's a lot of pressure coming this way towards you, just take a big, deep breath. Because this is where I got to remind you that wisdom, wisdom is something that actually grows over time. You know, remember when we were talking about the grain of creation? I think God designed wisdom to be one of those things that grows over time as we walk with him, something that we learn to enjoy more and more and more as we have more and more time with him. So wisdom, it grows over time. And you know, before I became a pastor, I spent a brief bit of time as a children's librarian in a large public library. And at the library, I rediscovered the beautiful work of a children's poet named Shel Silverstein. And when I feel like I'm not as wise as I wish I was, or like I'm not making as good of decisions as I should be making, I often think of these words from Uncle Shell. They're short and sweet. They go something like this. He wrote, these boots are a little too big. It's a fact I'm forced to admit. I'm clumsy and slow, but in 10 years or so, if my feet only grow, man, sorry guys, uh, they'll fit. And I'm telling you, and I love you too much to lie to you, there are many days when these boots still feel, metaphorically speaking, right, a little too big. I feel a little clumsy. I feel a little slow. I 
maybe you do too, but that doesn't keep me from pursuing wisdom because wisdom knows how life was made to be lived and wisdom helps us live with the grain of God's design. And my clumsiness and my slowness, it doesn't keep me from humbly asking God, hey, what needs to be adjusted in the pace of my life? And what needs to be reevaluated as I consider my priorities in life? What needs to be adjusted? Friends, we all need to ask these questions from time to time. There's absolutely no shame in that. We'll, we'll grow into these booths over time. And I think that a new year with a clean slate is a perfect opportunity to start that growing. So in the next few moments, again, as the band comes to play and we get ready to sing again, would you take time to connect with the author of time to consider your time? May you ask the spirit for wisdom and may you listen as wisdom speaks to you. And as always, as I said at the beginning of our time together, our prayer team will be available to pray with you. They'll be right behind these little sound panel walls. You can go there and someone will pray with you. And also, as we always do, uh, you can go to the Lord's table that's just waiting for you in these two sweet chairs. We wanted every one of our services as Jesus commanded, hey, as often as you gather, remember my body broken for you and my blood shed for your forgiveness of sins. And so to those who follow Jesus, we always want the table to be there. And you can go there, you can grab the little cup that has the bread on the top and the juice on bottom. You can take it on your own. You can take it with someone maybe that you came with and you can remember Christ's sacrifice for you. But friends, let's spend some time with God together. Let's listen for what he has to say to us. Let's ask him for wisdom and let's take our first steps this year in growing more closely with him and walking more closely with his wisdom.